Greetings and welcome to The Second Question, a podcast for educators and those who love education. I'm your host, Martin Silverman, a public school educator from beautiful San Antonio, Texas. Now, let's answer the second question. Welcome, listeners and friends, to episode 26 of The Second Question. You know, this is October that when we're recording, and it's National Principals Month. And, of course... Uh, being a principal, I love having a month all to ourselves. It, that That's kind of a nice thing, isn't it? But one of the things that I've been especially excited to be able to do uh, here on the second question is talk to principals that are not only colleagues, but friends of mine. And I have one of my favorite people here today as a guest. And I know that she's going to be one of your favorite people as well. I want to introduce you all to my friend Kelly Lofton. Kelly is an elementary school principal here in my district, just down the street from me. And Kelly is beyond just that. That's just one of her identities. She's an accomplished educator. She's an accomplished woman. And I'm going to ask her a little bit about that. And so, Kelly, I appreciate you spending time to be here today on the second question. Welcome. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Kelly, you are, and I, I ask guests this uh, most often recently, and I will tell you that I stole this from uh, some other educational podcast friends of mine, but, you know, we talk about education as being something that doesn't, is not always something that you choose, but kind of something that chooses you. Yeah. So I want to tell, I want you to tell us a little bit about your story about how education as a profession chose you. You know, I knew I wanted to be in education starting in like 11th grade, Um, and I never looked back. Um, I wasn't one of those people that went to college and changed my major several times before I landed in education. I actually um, come from a family of educators. Um, My my grandmother on my daddy's side taught third and fourth grade, um, and personality-wise, we're very similar, but... Um, I went to Texas A&M University, um, but prior to going, um, I went to a camp that they had one year, um, and I was going to go to a couple of different camps, and they all were run by the different colleges and the university, and so I went to one that was run by the College of Education, um, and, you know, they were just teaching us all of these different things about lesson planning and, you know, working with kids and things like that, and I kind of just fell in love and, but also knew, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, so I've always seen education as a calling. Um, and so, like I said, I've known since, since that moment when I was there at that camp, that that's what I wanted to do. And it's, it's what I've been aspiring to ever since. And here you are. So what are some of the things that you taught? I taught, I started off as a fourth grade teacher, Um, And I taught fourth grade for eight years. Um, I taught first grade for two. Um, I was an RTI teacher for like a semester um, before I moved into uh, administration. So then I was academic dean, assistant principal, and now principal. And so, Kelly, one thing that I think is unique about you is you are a graduate of the district 
that we work in, Judson ISD. And, uh, you know, I'm curious, what is it like to work in the district that you went to as a student? You know, one of the coolest things is I typically will get, um, many times I've, I've gotten kids of people I went to high school with um, or um, even sometimes all the way from elementary school. Um, but I also at my school have people that work for me that I went to high school with. Um, one of my academic trainers um, was is actually actually graduated before me with my sister, but um, we started school together back at one of the elementary schools in our district, Millage Point. And so I've known her that long. Um, and um, so that's kind of cool. Um, another really awesome thing is my first day um, or my first week as a principal, a sub walks in and um, I recognized her right away. She was my third grade teacher and she knew who I was. We had connected in the district before she retired. And um, she said, baby, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm kind of the principal. <laughs> and it was hilarious because she was like, oh my gosh, like I've known her since third grade and here I am. <laughs> That is, that's so awesome to be able to, you know, that's in, in a couple of the episodes recently, we've been talking about legacy and boy, I mean, talk about legacy. That is uh, definitely an example of that. Kelly, I want to move the conversation just a tiny little bit. So in your introduction, I mentioned that you were accomplished, right? And so I know that one of the accomplishments recently is that you have been awarded a fellowship through Trinity University, which is so super exciting. And uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar uh, with Trinity University, if you don't happen to be from this area, Trinity University is one of the premier private universities in the country, certainly in in the region. And I would, you know, I would hesitate, I would not hesitate to say in the country. And uh, there is a very rigorous process by which somebody becomes a Trinity fellow. And I know one of the things that is part of your fellowship is a kind of an idea or a project. So um, what I, what my question is, is what is your project and what's the planning procedure that goes or the process that goes into uh, the choice that you made? Okay. So um, I would like for us to start a leadership academy Um, But what I want is to have like a school within a school model, almost like like our STEM Academy is with one of our middle schools, you know, Um, so a school within a school leadership academy. Um, The planning process is is a lot. (laughs) Um, We have this template that it really does stretch us to think about every single facet of running a school, every single corner of the school, basically, um, and what things need to be adjusted or changed and thought through in order to um, make this switch or do this redesign. Um, I thought about doing a full-on leadership academy. That's it. That's all. Nobody else. Um, But we're such a neighborhood school, um, very much a part of our community. and I have kids and grandkids of kids or of, of parents that have been, you know, to to France forever um, back when it was Live Oak Elementary. So um, I, I thought it best to 
leave that part be and add to our campus um, with the Leadership Academy. So yeah, there's there's a lot of planning. I have a um, I have a Trinity coach who meets with me um, about twice a month, um, but I also go to trainings. And we work on systems thinking and design thinking and adaptive thinking and all kinds of, you know, I mean, we really work on growing ourselves. And then I have a district liaison um, that also um, works with me on some of the the hurdles I might have to jump district wise. So, yeah. So fleshing that out just a little bit, and I know you're really still at the beginning of that process, but mm-hmm. in in your mind, what do you envision? Like, tell me one or two things that would set this leadership academy apart from, say, your traditional neighborhood school. Right. So a couple of things that we're really looking to... Um, and, and you're right, we're still at the very beginning of the process, um, but there's a couple of things that I'm looking into. Um, one, my campus is already doing a book study on the leader in me. Um, and so um, we're looking at following some of those um, habits pretty closely. Um, I'm also looking into AVID. Um, there aren't that many AVID elementaries, um, but there are some. And um, I, I was... Um, looking into how well um, the AVID program or the AVID really processes would work with the leader and me, um, incorporating lots of PBL also, um, and really making it um, something that's kind of set apart from what we do. So we're considering a lot of things. Um, If you're going to be a part of the academy, should you wear uniforms? Well, you know, I'm getting student input on that. I'm getting parent input on that also, um, just to see how we could kind of really set it. What's the draw? You know what I mean? Um, so we're working on the wow factor and the draw um, right now. Um, I am plan on doing some visits like to um, East Central has a um, Leadership Academy, but so does um, San Antonio actually has, San Antonio ISD actually has a young women's and a young men's. Um, I didn't want to split the genders, so, um, but I still want to go see, you know, what they're doing that's amazing. So That's so exciting. And when will the Kelly Lofton Leadership Academy... <laughs> Open. I'm sure it might have a different name than that, but a little different, but, yes. But... A little different, but but, but that's that's always what I'm going to call it, no matter what it gets. <laughs> it, so... It'll be next year, hopefully. Um, so, oh wow, I'm working this like we're we're building now. You know, the plan, the applications, and all that stuff um, to try to roll out um, in the fall. So, when you plan an academy like that. Usually you start with uh, an identified need, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, and identified, you know, you do kind of like a needs assessment and you say, this is what is missing that would create, you know, this outcome. So what, tell me about that process. Like, how did you choose Leadership Academy as opposed to, uh, you know, a school for elementary construction workers. You know what I, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, I like do. what was what was what was the need that you identified? And how so, did you identify it? The need at at Franz is is definitely enrollment, right? Um and so I mean we're not even at 350. Um so we're tiny. Um 
And so the question becomes, what's the draw? You know, what do I, what do I do that sets Franz apart that makes people want to um, come to Franz, even though we're not close by maybe some of those, you know, where their campus is or, um, we do not have a leadership academy in our in our district currently, um, but in researching um, the different types of academies, I the leadership academy is always very well sought after in other districts, um, and so the goal is to grow the Franz um, enrollment, our community, our reach, um, and so just looking at doing something that was different um, and that was going to be a little bit more, um, you know, something that people would be like, Ooh, I want my kid to go to the leadership Academy. Um, So that was, that was really the whole purpose behind it. Now what it'll look like. um, I have a lot of parents and community members already ready to sit on the design team. So um, next month we're going to start having regular design team meetings. Um, with those parents and community members helping out and giving their voice. So. Yeah, that is just so exciting. And and what, what an amazing addition that's going to be to the district. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, I'm going to move the conversation in a little bit different direction. And, you know, when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about, one of the things is I believe, you know, you are somebody in in my view, who has this great, deep wealth of knowledge and experience, and you kind of keep it quiet, like in meetings and things like that. (laughs) Uh, And that could very well be by design or just, you know, you're just, it's all running through your head during, during meetings. And that's what I suspect that it is. But I want you to put yourself in the position of you are mentoring a college student who is telling you that they're interested in going into education. What is, what are, what are, is or are one or two pieces of advice you would give to a college student who wanted to go into education now? Um, I would first give the advice of make sure that's what you really want to do. Um, because right now, a lot of kiddos coming out of college are struggling with some of the staying power it takes um, to be in education. It's a hard place to be right now. Yeah. Um, having a lot of opportunities to um, go and see, like not beyond student teaching, seeking out mentors in advance um, and to help them through, you know, what student teaching doesn't necessarily show. You know, um, and student teaching gives you a decent picture, but it doesn't give you the whole picture. Um, <laughs> and so I, that would definitely be one of the things because I, I, some of our brand new teachers, they're, they're struggling because um, it's, it's difficult right now to be in education um, in the pandemic and in budget shortages and all of that other stuff. And so it, it affects you more than you know, and, and to really just know that that's what that it's not just a career they picked, but that they are actually really feel chosen to do that. Um, And then 
not to be afraid to step outside of the comfort zone. Um, I, I am an elementary girl. I have been elementary um, through and through forever. Um, but I did do one little rogue year at middle school. And while I will say that is not my jam at all, um, I did learn so much at that one year in middle school. I learned a lot. Um, and so sometimes you just need to step outside the comfort zone to, to kind of stretch you a little bit more and to kind of grow you a little bit more, but, but also to see what you're, um, what you really love. I, I also went from fourth grade that I'd been for years to first grade, just on a whim. It's a pretty huge leap. Um, and I didn't know anything about teaching kids how to read. I thought I had a bunch of duds in my class. I was like, my kids can't read. <laughs> and my teacher across the hall was like, well, 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 friend, you're going to have to teach him. And I'm like, what? Oh my God. I didn't sign up for that. But I mean, I, I learned so much just because I, I stepped outside of my comfort zone and, and put myself in a position where I would have to learn something else. Um, and so being willing to do that um, is definitely a plus in education because sometimes it comes whether you wanted it or not. Um, <laughs> um, but know that you're always going to learn and stretch and grow yourself so much more if you're able to do that. I think those are great pieces of advice. And as a parent of a child that is in his first year of teaching, uh, you know, that's definitely the kinds of, of advice I hope people are giving him aside from his parents. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, Kelly, so the, the, I guess the purpose of the second question podcast in many ways is to honor our teachers who have had an influence on us. And, uh, you know, for those of you who are new listeners, possibly the, the reason that podcast is titled The Second Question is that the second question in all of my teacher interviews is, who is the best teacher you ever had and why were they the best? So I'm going to turn that to you, Kelly. Who is the best teacher you ever had and why were they the best? My best teacher was Cinda McCabe. Um, she taught 12th grade English, AP English, um, at Judson High School. Um and she was the best for so many reasons, but I think for me personally, um, she is the first person who saw what you just mentioned, that I had a lot of knowledge on the inside, but I didn't always have a lot to say um, about what I knew. I kind of kept it to myself and that kind of let me fly under the radar a little bit and let me be a little bit invisible. And I remember so vividly one day um, I had turned in a paper. It was one of those get by papers, right? It wasn't one of those ones where I spent all night working on it. And she said, Kelly, cut the crap. And I had never had a teacher say, Kelly, cut the crap. Um, but she said, you are so much more than this. You're so much more than this. And I was a good student, A's and B's, but she knew that I was not working to my potential because 
school came pretty easy, you know, um, at least high school anyway. Um, and so she knew I wasn't working to my potential and she knew that I was like, oh, well, you know, I tried my best. And she's like, no, you didn't. I know you didn't. Um, and that stuck with me even to until this day. Like she just, she saw who I really was and saw what I worked really hard to not show sometimes so that I could just fly under the radar and she would not let me do it. Um, and she pushed me, um, to do better. And I appreciate her so much for that. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, good for her because, uh, there's no more hiding that light, Kelly. Uh, once, once this gets out to, uh, as my friend, uh, Dave Schmidt says about his podcast to the millions of, of listeners worldwide, that might be a slight exaggeration, but once it does, everybody's going to know uh, a little bit more about Kelly and uh, a little bit more about what Miss McCabe saw in her as as a student. That's for sure. That's a, a really nice tribute, and thank you for that, Kelly. If somebody wanted to connect with you, and I'm sure after listening, they're going to want to do that. Mm-hmm. How is what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Probably email. Yeah, email is a great way. And so I'll put your email address in the show notes so that people can see it when they read it. Uh, that's not, remember that's uh, listeners. That's not while you're driving or while you're walking or maybe at the gym, but do it when you have an opportunity to do that and uh, definitely get in touch with Kelly Lofton. She is somebody you definitely want to know. Kelly, thank you so much for spending the time with me. This evening, I really appreciate it. I know it was hard for us to get together on a time. And so I appreciate that we had this opportunity. Uh, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks again for being on the second question. Thank you, friend. And that's it for today's episode of The Second Question. Thanks for joining us. If you like this podcast, subscribe and tell your friends. And don't forget to join us for the next episode where we will answer the second question. Thank you.